I'm Jim Nichols, and this is the Life with Grace and Peace podcast. Thanks for choosing to spend just a little bit of your time with me. This is a podcast where I share thoughts on life. Really, it's about life abundant, this gift that Jesus offers his followers in John 10.10. Those followers would take the Jesus kingdom message, life abundant, wherever they went. Many of the letters we have in the New Testament include the phrase grace and peace. This is a greeting, certainly, but it's also much more than that. It's a way of living abundant. And so I'm looking for ways to share how I'm growing in a life with grace and peace. And this podcast is a place to share some of those those stories, those moments. So again, thanks for joining me. And I'm so honored that you've chosen to share these moments with me. My prayer is that as we spend this time together, we will sense the guiding presence of Holy Spirit as we walk deeper into the life of grace and peace. We're coming out of Independence Day weekend, and I spent the 4th with some dear friends, one of whom is an absolute pyromaniac. And we celebrated the freedom of living in this country with a lot of firepower and a lot of fireworks. I'm so thankful to live here, to call this country, well, my temporary home. And I'm proud of the family members who have fought and died to protect so many of the freedoms that I enjoy. I'm humbled and I'm so thankful for their sacrifice. But I'm also completely aware that not every American feels the way that I do. I know there are those living in this country who hate this country, who feel betrayed by this country. I know that in many places of this land, there is a brokenness that I don't understand. And I know that many feel that our country is pretty lost right now and that that our divisions seem to multiply by the day. And I know that our rhetoric and our words are nonstop. And I'm aware that there seems to be a fuse that's kind of burning under all of us, and it's giving rise to a rage that's, that's pretty scary. We have a lot of problems in front of us. But I don't want to speak about the problems of this country. What I want to speak about is the problems in our pews. You see, I know a pastor right here in Kentucky who has a million YouTube views over because he had a dream that an army came in and took away our American freedoms. He claims it's God's wrath and that we had better learn to fear. I know another pastor who regularly shares what I can only call hate-filled words. And they're against politicians and leaders and They're words, though, that he claims are judgments from God. I know church members who are more focused on their political party story than they are on the message of Jesus, who would rather quote their preferred news outlet than any words of Scripture. I know people who claim to be followers of Jesus who trust a political figure hundreds of miles away, way more than they trust the Savior of the world who lives inside of us. I know Christians so angry with other groups but I can't help but think of the words, be angry and said not, and wonder if it's even possible. America's been called the melting pot of the world, hundreds of different cultures making their home here. A single culture or identity can't happen here because we could just have so many that pour into this land. There was a time, we often call it idyllic, that was much more uniform, at least to the majority, but it came at a price. In the 1940s, we had a common problem that united our nation beyond our many differences. During those, those days, there were two common enemies, a depression and a world at war that united us beyond all of our differences. Well, we no longer have that shared single opponent, but multiple ones and multiple expressions of those opponents. 
we all have a thing. And when you are for my thing, I'm, I'm validated. If you're not for it, then I'm going to feel attacked or, or slighted. When I, when I feel attacked or slighted, I need to shout louder or risk being further victimized. And, and our individual personal opinions and focus create the ability to just lose sight of what could be, of what could be good for the greater community. We want to be accepted for who we are. And we say, I'll accept you as you are, so long as you agree with me, which, by the way, isn't tolerance. Take, for instance, the BLM movement. And just saying Black Lives Matter may immediately divide. But, but friends, the, the lives of people who have felt oppressed, who have been victims of an ongoing blind injustice, it is a theological matter. It's a God matter. To say a black person's life matters is to agree that their, their life is worth as much as mine and should have the same freedoms as I do. And yes, I agree. Rage-filled violence doesn't help us get to that agreement. But, but not seeing oppression when it's been clearly put on display, well, it's just anti-Christ. And, and let me be equal. Those of us who are so willing to criticize and demonize political leaders and opponents are equally in danger. In danger of giving your attention to an empire rather than and to Jesus, I see and hear a whole lot more fear and rage and moral destitution in many Christians instead of the example of Jesus. This is a problem. I see a lot of language directed at these elected officials that is far from Christian. It's far from representing the person of Jesus. In the middle part of the first century, Rome had a similar challenge. An emperor who thought he was a god, a nation living under fear, fighting within, fighting without. Individuals reduced to objects, the sick, elderly, and children abandoned for personal security. This is all that the Roman Empire was about. And in the middle of the mess, there's a small movement that begins to upset the establishment. A group of people came together, chose to submit themselves to, to a person, to each other, to something different. Corinth was a hot mess when Paul wrote his letter to the church. Many were struggling with how politically involved they were to be, how they were to be like their city, how much. Others in the church were more willing to point out the many sins of the city, how to avoid everything. And Paul says, hold on a minute. He says of the church, we're tasked with a mighty work of reconciliation. He says, and God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. The word reconciliation means to reestablish. Reestablish a relationship, a friendship. That's what God did for us. Paul would say elsewhere, while we were enemies of God, Jesus reconciled us to the Father. We were enemies who were restored to friendship, not on our own merits, but because, because God chose to do so. Being reconciled, we are to do the same with others. To the Roman world, this is crazy, utter nonsense. And guess what? It is to many of us today, too. Paul says, if we seem crazy, it's to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right, mind, right minds, it's, it's for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Reconciling broken relationships is hard, but we do it because we've been given a new life in the love of Christ. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. And here's the problem that I see that we face today. Many church people have forgotten that we've been given this new life. Not a polished up old one, 
that has our old prejudices and fears still trying to maintain control, but a new life that is in Jesus's love. Paul said to the Corinthians, we are ambassadors for Jesus, spokespersons for the life and love of, of our king, not ambassadors for an emperor or an army or an economy or whatever else. We've been made friends with God. We've been given a new life. And anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. We're not called to an individual response, but as, as a people who claim to have experienced the love of Jesus, we're called to live lives of restoring friendships. We're called not to social actions alone, but called to respond to the work of Jesus on the cross, a work that looks at our, the brokenness around us and in us and says, ah, we can do better. In March, we were given the equivalent of a timeout all of us were sent home, told to, to chill out for a bit. Schools and businesses were closed as fear gripped us. We tuned in daily up to, to updates, and we were, we were afraid. A lot of us thought this time, was, this time out was going to be a good thing for us. It doesn't feel like that right now, does it? Our anger, our rage, our, our quick and ready responses to the things we don't understand or fear, it's pretty thick. We need to do better. Christians, we should not worry about the government taking our freedom. That has been every government's plan since the beginning of the church. Guess what? You should be a threat, but not one of anger and violence, but of radical love and peace. We should be a a voice for the hopeless, not a hopeless voice. We should be ambassadors of a love that takes down oppression, and we should be trusting not a cause or a person or a flag, but the one who is the Lord of Lords. So can I invite you? Let's take another time out. Let's sit down with someone we we disagree with. Let's see them as Jesus saw us, enemies that have been reconciled and welcome home, as friends, as family members, back to the arms of of our Father. I want to invite you at some point to uh, take some time with 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 23. I invite you to read it in maybe Eugene Peterson's uh, paraphrase or translation, The Message as it uh, gives us a different look at these words that Paul spoke to the church at Corinth. Uh, I actually spoke on this very same passage just yesterday in, uh, in our worship service at uh, my church. You can find that sermon if you're interested at southernhillsumc.org. And uh, look at the different approach that I took to this very same passage, where I spent some more time talking about the ambassadors for Jesus and what that could look like. I hope if you've enjoyed this message, or maybe you've been challenged by it, you might share it with a friend and let them know that, uh, that this podcast is available to them. I'm going to be taking uh, next week off, more than likely, uh, unless God really lays something on my heart, spends a little time uh, retreating and, and vacating with my family. And so um, I look forward to returning back and spending this time with you. Until then, uh, I hope you're going to find the love of Jesus in, uh, in something unexpected in the days to come. And I hope that as you do, you're going to remember how reconciled you and I are to the heart of God. We might find ourselves offering that same reconciliation to the world. Until then, um, again, many blessings and may the love of the Father, the grace of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit um, fill you fresh and anew this day and throughout this week. Until next time, um, grace and peace.